The Jewish Living Podcast is brought to you by Margaret Teets. Margaret Teets Nursing and Rehabilitation Center in Jamaica Hills is a five-star, fully kosher facility under the VOD. Established in 1971 for the care of Holocaust survivors, community needs has always been their mission. Mostly private rooms, valet parking, a beautiful courtyard garden will all make for a comfortable stay. Amenities for the body and soul include superior short-term rehabilitation, long-term and hospice care, daily and Shabbos minyanim, a full-time rabbi, Shabbos elevator, entry doors, and a Shabbos apartment. The Margaret Teets Erev connects with all the surrounding from communities. For more information, please call 718-298-7829. This is the Jewish Living Podcast, the show that examines the intricacies of Orthodox Jewry. Here's your host, Izzo Zwerin. Jews eat a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. From Jews often lead extremely busy lives, which often force us to forgo the time, energy, and money it might require to lead a lifestyle of healthy living. Every single one of our holidays have large meals and often come with their own individual foods. Oh, and we have at least two huge meals each Shabbos. In fact, between the heavy meals, a kiddush after davening, a few shots for Oneg's sake, it's entirely possible that on a regular Shabbos, a single person can easily consume over 6,000 calories. And there's little time spent burning those calories. Right after lunch, many of us take a nap, children permitting. And if there's a simcha, forget about it. Today on the Jewish Living Podcast. My name is Miriam Khan. I'm an RN and a health and lifestyle coach. We discuss healthy habits and strategies with Miriam and how to fit those habits around your busy and often hectic life. So health coach, uh, we're not therapists. Um, I use, I try to use very little of my nursing skills when I'm a coach because um, I send people to their healthcare provider. Uh, what do I get to do? So it depends on, not everybody starts in the same place. Some people start uh, with a weight loss need, which is obviously if somebody needs to lose weight and we can help them drop weight quickly, safely, effectively, and give them all the tools and resources, their whole medical picture can change. But more importantly, um, we really work with people on shifting how they, what we use food for. And that's a very big thing. I run a gigantic client support page on Facebook. I run a weekly um, web call. We use Zoom. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's extraordinary. And it's really mostly about shifting our mindset much more. A lot of what we eat, how we eat, how we sleep, how we move, how we handle stress. But it's, it's really the bulk of which is, is how our thought process drives our life and our decisions, and it's been amazing. We know that Americans, as a, as a general rule, have a problem with managing their health and weight loss and, and eating, but we're going to focus specifically on the Orthodox community. So what can you tell us a little bit about the problems that uniquely face the Orthodox community when it comes to healthy lifestyle, when it comes to eating, when it comes to weight loss? Oh, my favorite subject. So it's tricky. Um, it's not, we're in it, and it seems like all we do is celebrate. There were some weeks we can have a wedding, you know, three, four, five nights a week. We could have shul dinners. We can have school dinners. We have 
the equivalent of a Thanksgiving feast every single week. And exactly. the people <laughs> and the people that stress over how they're going to eat Thanksgiving, we do that every week. One of the unique things is is that there is thankfully, thankfully, a trend towards serving healthier options. It's rare now to go to somebody's house. Would you agree? Where there's not a salad, where there's Absolutely. just potato kugel as your side dish. That was in my heyday when I was in my entertaining life. If you didn't have your potato kugel on the table, it was like not a meal. Right. Jewish foods t- generally tend to be very dense. We're very dense. About simis. And, well, even <laughs> I, I, I have, a, have an aversion to simis. Same. Um, but if you're talking about like basic Jewish staples, cholent and kogel and, and kishka and uh, gefilte fish, are very dense foods. There isn't a whole lot of light, but you're right. When you go to people's houses now, specifically for like a Shabbos meal Correct. or a Yontif meal, you're getting uh, more healthy options, but it's not exclusively that. Like there's, they're, they're only options. They're, only, they're, not, they're <laughs> not the only thing in town. Well, have you been to my house for lunch lately? And we do, and I do serve a balanced meal, but there is a lot of healthy options. Like the bulk of Friday for me is vegetables. But what's interesting is no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what your culture is, everybody is surrounded every single day. And it's necessary to make hundreds of decisions on what you're going to eat. Am I going to exercise every day? So you can look at it two ways. We have those challenges that come up every week. We have more, I'm going to say, possibly more occasions to celebrate than some other cultures. But we, we also have a lot of opportunity to get it right. And I know it might sound a little odd to say that, but it takes practice to get it right. It takes practice to have two tastes of something that's delicious that you only eat once a year exactly. and enjoy those two bites and nobody's insulted. You just you, you ate it, you savored it, you loved it, you made a decision that you were going to have it as opposed to just eating the challah in the pile of dips that's served on a typical Shabbos table. That's exactly right. So when you bring up challah and you bring up dips, and we mentioned all the foods earlier, what are things that people should be cutting out of their diet entirely or at the very least having extremely rarely? What are those types okay, of so things? So I like, I, we don't cut anything out entirely. I mean, you might if you're in a weight loss program and you're really determined to get your start with weight, health, blood sugar, blood pressure under control. And I kind of say, look at cutting out certain food groups temporarily. Think of it like just taking a medication for three months. Okay. You know, so I say, you're just going to cut it out for a short amount of time, but we want you to, we need all the nutrients, we need all the food groups, but... And I'll give you one of the, um, it happens to be a coach on my team that I've mentored with. Um, she came in to my program already, and she's a large family, a blended family, a, a, you know, a good number of kids. I'd have to think how many. And she had already implemented a lot of healthy things. She stopped putting out a big challah. She puts out challah rolls right. on a standard Shabbos. And you're less like that's just a simple tiny example you're less likely to eat slice after slice of challah if everybody has a roll by their seat right also if there's no slices of challah correct yeah. you're less likely to have slice after slice of cake if you're getting a mousse cup in the size of a schnapps cup and that's a dessert i mean it's this is part is it, of what i do this so it's is, not cutting things out correct. it's more portion control correct. kind of the thing but what about things that i think Nobody would argue that are terrible for you. Soda. Okay. Or... Soda. 
or, or uh, <laughs> like there's those types of things. Soda. I don't know if you want to put ice cream in that category because there are not a today bit more nutrients <laughs> in ice cream than there are in soda. But those types of of sweets that generally are are terrible for you. Soda is exceptionally terrible for you because there's no digestion involved. You drink sugar soda, any sugar drink, juice, it's in your bloodstream. Like, it's in your bloodstream. And I, I, I never had a taste for sodas, but I've been with people who have a taste for soda, and there's nothing like a Coke. I couldn't even. I take one sip. I can't. So I think it's also, at this point, undoing some of the learning that we had. I am an advocate of never drinking calories, except for an occasional <laughs> alcoholic beverage okay. occasional but i really am and even then so you're not going to have a milkshake you're not going to have a, 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 a juice smoothie or i anything. won't have a martini somebody okay. said to me in this tone of voice what you'll never drink a martini again and i'm like probably not knowing what i know right now is actually in there and what it does i don't think so i'll get my buzz a, a more wholesome way but <laughs> if i need it but it's really about making decisions that are in alignment with what you want your long-term life to look like. You mentioned holidays. Mm -hmm. And one of the examples I give, because I do a special webinars for my clients before the big holidays, before the Rosh Hashanah season begins, before certainly before Pesach begins. Yeah. But Rosh Hashanah, one of the things, and, and it struck me as I was sitting in shul, maybe my first or second year that I was already focused and living very healthy, it's we're in there what's the main thing that we're davening for we're in shul for hours many um, times starving life and health we're davening for long life and long yeah. health and yeah. then we come home look goosebumps then we come home and there's challah and there's honey and there's gefilte fish and there's honey cake and all the other briskets and simis all, that all the fruit well fruit is good in moderation but right. and then we've we've just davened for health and long life we've come home We've eaten our brains out because we've been in shul too long, <laughs> in some cases. And then we have the nerve to go back on day two and do it all over again. Ask again. But at what point is it, is it Hashem doing something or at what point is it, is it us doing our own, our own thing? Correct. What I want to do now is go over a, uh, a rundown of a few different topics. I'm going to just maybe a little bit rapid fire. If you have a little bit more to say than a rapid fire would suggest, then go for it. So let's start with snacking. Okay. What are you asking? Um, how can people... <laughs> oh, so fine. How can, how can people uh, help themselves when it comes to snacking? Uh, people tend to overeat yeah. uh, when they snack. Uh, okay. Mindless eating type of a thing. Oh. Especially in terms of somebody who's sitting in an office, somebody who's driving a lot during the day. So okay. snacking. Okay, snacking in general. So first of all, one of the principles that I teach and is part of the program that I work with is about eating six times a day, sometimes even seven. Because we wanna keep our blood sugar stable and we wanna keep our hunger controlled because when we're hungry, we can't make good choices. When you're hungry, and we all know what it looks like when we're hungry and we go to the grocery store. We should so. say that we're recording this on a fast day. So yes, we know exactly what it means to be hungry and yes. go shopping. And all over Instagram, everybody had overflowing carts and Trader yes. Joe's and Costco. So. You know, so number one, first and foremost, is on a healthy plan, when we're living healthy, we're focused on fueling our body, not snacking, but fueling our body with something healthy, balanced, six or seven times a day. 
meals, snacks, you know, interspersed, again, depending on what your caloric needs are. Hopefully you've consulted with somebody and have that figured out. Maybe you're working with a health coach and you know what your caloric needs are. But really when we're not hungry and our blood sugar is kept stable and our metabolism is kind of like in control, there's less snacking because there's planned snacks. There's planned meals. And there's a whole rage now, meal planning. So plan the snacks too. So the snacks, planning the snacks is just as important as planning meals, Correct. which probably would also mean like if I have in my office, if I have a bag of chips, I should probably get rid of that because that's just a temptation. Correct. Right. So I just want to have the snacks that I prepared. So if I'm at home and I prepare some uh, some cashews or if I prepare some sort of uh, some sort of a vegetable or, or fruit. fruit or something, yeah. stick to those. Don't go to the convenience store down the block from your office. Correct. And, and but there are so there. many things available now. I mean, cottage cheese comes in individual things. Yogurts, obviously. The yogurts have gotten healthier over the years. Yes. Like in healthier and available everywhere. You know, nut milks have become, you know, they're much lower in carb and readily available. Right. Also, what you mentioned before is the portion control. Don't eat four peaches. Correct. Don't eat six yogurts. Correct. You know, one, Pack a bag yes, for the day. Make sure you prepare that the same way you would prepare meals. Correct. So let's like move, we, like oh, we okay. do with our kids. You know, we would not send our kids out into the world for the day, call it school, without a bag with everything that they need. Their morning snack, their lunch, their afternoon snack. They come home. Hopefully we're giving them a healthy snack. Most moms are at this point. Um, daycares are some some schools are insisting that you can only bring healthy snacks I'm thank right. God out of the school system but I know that for a fact because right. I work with a lot of young moms but just like you wouldn't send your kid out for the day without a food bag you we shouldn't be leaving for the day without a food bag all right so let's go on to speaking of portion control let's go on to restaurants okay so restaurants tend to you, they, they're expensive, but they give you enormous portions of things. So what would you do in uh, in a restaurant when they give you these large portions? So I, I teach this all the time. So I talk about two options. Number one, sharing is amazing. If, you can, if you're with somebody who likes what you like, um, sharing is amazing. And for what we pay in restaurants, the fact is most of it is two meals. So you can just look at it. And again, this requires mindfulness and that's part of what I teach um, cut it in half visualize what your portion should look like and if you're ordering a steak in a you know upscale restaurant it's way too much so just visualize it cut it in half be excited that you're gonna have dinner or lunch tomorrow take it to work part of your food bag for the next day and like immediately and it's you know we celebrate a lot with food and I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna put this right out there when I started my weight loss program, which turned into a whole this whole change of life, I was turning 50 eight years ago. Um, I guess now we know. How now you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Because back then, it was a very difficult birthday for me. My life was not going in the direction that I thought. I felt like I was you know, going a little backwards. But it was my 50th birthday. I met my daughter. She was working up in the, up in the Poconos in a sleepaway camp. And the logical thing would have been to go out to eat. And I made the decision that my gift to myself on my birthday was sticking to my plan. And it's the same thing. What are you going to celebrate? It's back to that Rosh Hashanah thing. You're going to celebrate your birthday, let's say, your anniversary, your life together. Now, I'm also the first one to say that we don't become unhealthy because we ate cheesecake on Shavuos. 
that's not what right. did it. It's if you're if you're only eating off on occasion, and we don't talk about cheats. We call it a treat and a decision. It's very very different than every day eating in a restaurant. Of people, I meet people every day that have pizza and fries for lunch. I mean sushi for lunch almost every day. That's it's very, very different right. than when you're living a healthy lifestyle and you go out to a restaurant and you're going to order the dessert and you're going to order the big steak. As a, as a, as a quote-unquote treat. As a celebration. When you're living a healthy lifestyle, it doesn't affect your health. But when you're not living a healthy lifestyle and, you it know... It kind of compounds on everything It just... Else. And it makes every... Because we know... When you're living unhealthy and you make those decisions, it just... Forget what it does to your waistline. It plays with your brain. And that's what we want to avoid. Right. We want to avoid that. So I ate it. So I'll just keep eating all day today. And it's already Thursday. And now comes Shabbos. Well, I'll start on Monday. And then we never start on Monday. And then right. you end up in this. So it's a very, when we talk about snacking, you talk about restaurants, it's very different if you're in a healthy place versus in an unhealthy place. So you also mentioned earlier, you mentioned Shavuos. Yeah. Um, so we also mentioned Pesach, and you mentioned Rosh Hashanah time, which incorporates circus. There's a lot of other random holidays that pop up throughout the course of our year, throughout the course of Jewish year, secular year, whatever. We have all these holidays where we eat in Purim and where we have all the candy. But then there's also the American holidays where you know, it's the 4th of July. And I, I'm going to go back to another comedian, uh, Jim Gaffigan, who is oh, not a Jewish oh, comedian. he's hilarious. Yes, and he goes, oh and one of his lines is, I shouldn't have a brat and a burger and a hot dog, but it's the 4th of July. Like, it's an excuse type of a thing. Right. Like, who cares? So the question is, how does somebody get out of that cycle of, you, you mentioned how easy it is to keep pushing off the start of your healthy lifestyle because there's always another holiday, another Shabbos, another wedding, another this, another that, another birthday. So how do you just stop that? Is it, does it have to be a cold turkey thing? Does it have to be, or can it be gradual? So it's a really good question. It really depends on what your starting point is because... You reach a point when you're living healthy, you're just not gonna, you're just not gonna implode quite as badly. Right. When you're living healthy and you're conscious and you know every day you wake up and you, you just you're focused on your health and doing the what's in our control, doing the best that we can with the choices that we can make. Um, you know, it's if it's few and far between, it's a whole different story. The things do come up fairly often. Um, I, I keep thinking about how many people that I work with started their program around Thanksgiving time, which is, you know, if you're in really working on your weight loss, you're pretty restricted around if you're really focused because the only way to get the weight off is to really follow the plan that's yours. And right. it's not like, well, just for today, because then you pretty much are ruining everything that you've done up until that day. So it's kind of like get on. Learn while you're losing weight, learn how to make all these mindful decisions and choices, and then you'll have a taste and you'll appreciate the taste and you'll learn to focus on the people around you and what you're really there celebrating. And it's again, it's a training process and don't do it alone. You know, do you ever hear the phrase, you are most like the five people you hang out with? Yes. So um, there have been studies done and I can't quote them specifically, but um, when you're at a round table in a restaurant and everybody's ordering. So the first person that places the order is basically setting the tone for how healthy it's going to go all the way around. So if the first person orders healthy, more people on that table are more likely to order healthy. 
But the opposite is also true. The first person that orders unhealthy, wherever that is, each order will get more and more unhealthy as Mm. it goes on. So we talk about making sure that there are healthy choices at every event you go to, even if it means you're the one bringing um, the salad that doesn't have sugary dressing on it. Just making sure that there's fresh fruit and the only option isn't apple pie. Right. Or cheesecake. <laughs> you, seem to, you seem to have a thing for cheesecake. I have a thing for cheesecake. <laughs> Big thing. We all have our things. So <laughs> we, we talked about a little bit about time of the year. So I would imagine, just off the top of my head, the three most likely times when you get a rush of people trying to start. Let me guess if I'm right about this. <laughs> right after Sukkot, right after Pesach, and... New Year's? So New Year's is interesting. Um, New Year's has been big in the past, but there's something that's going on in February. Past couple of years, we noticed that we got a big rush in February, I too. I kind of guess as to why. <laughs> because that's right before it starts getting warm. At whatever it is, I've noticed a bigger trend. Now, forget it. October, right after Sukkot, I'm... I always tell the coaches that, that I work with, don't schedule anything for the day after Sukkot and the day after Pesach. Right. Because you're just going to be, you're just going to get a lot of calls. So there's a reason I bring it up. And the reason that I bring it up is when that when, when the time of year is your motivator, that would seem to me that you probably aren't going to be as likely to succeed. So I'm guessing there has to be some other sort of motivation around it. So if you want to talk a little bit about so that. I'm, I'm actually, my story is the least likely to succeed. Losing weight for a simcha, for a wedding, forget it. I hate those clients. Right. <laughs> because I know they're going to go to the wedding and they're either never going to pick up the phone from for me again, or they're going to call me like a few weeks after and say, oh my God, I have to start over. So it's, it's about engaging your mind. Whenever that is. So if that pushes you or if you saw your friend who's been working on her health all summer which was my story I worked on my health June July August September so by the time the holidays came around I was a very different looking person if you're seeing people after a while and that might be the motivation like all of a sudden you're at a big event people I have a slew of people working on their health right now there's a good chunk of time right now till the holidays big changes can happen summertime Big changes can happen. People do it over the winter because it's easy. Everybody's, you know, you know. Yeah. So I would also think that different motivating factors are there for whether it's your doctor said you better do this now. Also not the best. Not the best. Not the best because that only works for the first few pounds. Uh And then as soon as you start to feel a little better, you pull back. Like and, and the urgency comes off. So we what we really try to do, and this is what I'm training and I'm actually heading out to a conference this week for more of this, but we really try to teach people that not not to fix a problem. Right. I have diabetes, I have high blood pressure, and I had high blood pressure, and I had the beginning of heart disease eight years ago. Um, we're not looking to fix a problem because then you Once fix the it a little fixed, bit, yeah. you pull back, and then there's no long-term health. Right. What we encourage people to do are most successful moments are when we create something. So we talk about creating health. And you're a perfect example because I've watched you and now you're talking about working out tonight after a fast. And I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm the coach and I'm thinking, is he nuts? (laughs) Eat your eggs and go to bed. (laughs) So it's, but it's about really creating health and about getting this vision of not just dropping the weight and fixing that problem, but creating your healthiest self is extremely powerful. 
And that's where your motivation comes from. We can't motivate you. We can inspire you. We can show you what's possible. We can help awaken you. But your motivation has to come from getting a vision of what you're going to look like and feel like when you are 10, 20, 30, 100. I have people that have lost 160 and 200 pounds that I work with. And they're uh, one of the girls I work with. I'm astounded. She dropped 160 pounds. She just completed, and she'll be listening to this, so hats off, um, couch to 5K. Wow. She lost 160 pounds and I'm not going to say how long because I don't know exactly, but not a terribly long time. And I'm like, wow. Oh, man. That's very impressive. That's creating health, not just solving a problem. Right. So up until now, we've been talking about eating habits and food. So I want to go a little bit off the, the and, and talk about some other areas of a healthy lifestyle that aren't food related. So let's talk first about exercise since we brought it up. <laughs> I'm aware that exercise is the secondary thing to healthy eating. Correct. I would imagine that now that I exercise a little bit more frequently than I used to, the classic trope is abs are made in the kitchen, right? You don't, you, you, you can't eat whatever you want and then you got a flat stomach. But how important is exercise? Where can people do exercise if they don't have the time to go to a gym, to do something at home? What, what are the areas of exercise that people can work on? Usually? So, uh, you know how some people love to exercise? Yes. That would be you. That would be me. Right. You know how some people specifically don't love to exercise? I do that. That used to be me. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we have the absolute. That would be me. Here. I would think that there's just about anything I'd rather do than exercise. Okay. However, so as far as if I just exercise more, I'd be at a healthy weight. Probably wrong. Right. Because, um, Exercise, we must exercise. And I, I have a lot of things in place so that it's a non-negotiable for me. Um, we must exercise for our health. But for most of us, if we're 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 pounds, it's not even really healthy for us to exercise at that point. So we teach something called NEAT, N-E-A-T, okay. non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is like your precursor to exercise. Now, I'm looking at you. You're, you're doing NEAT now. Do you know that? How am I doing NEAT now? You're sitting on a ball chair. I am sitting on a ball chair. So you're exercising your core and you're moving a little bit. I'm kind of fidgeting while we sit here because I've gotten used to doing that. Um, and you know, it's part of what we teach. I'm not going to give all the secrets away, but, um, well, there are giving away the secrets of behind the scenes of the podcast <laughs> that I'm sitting on a ball chair. So you might as well give some secrets. Away. And I have the same chair, by the way. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, so it's really about just increasing your activity. So I'm a big advocate of just monitoring your steps every day to start with. And yep. We're, we're both, we're, we're both, both wearing Fitbits right now. Yeah, but it, today doesn't really count because it was, what, 115 degrees outside yeah, was, at one point? it was insane. Now, now people know exactly which fast day we recorded on. <laughs> <laughs> but so we teach how to, if you're on the phone, wireless, get wireless and pace. Everybody knows when they talk to me, I'm moving around my house. Right. And, you know, I have my wireless. you got your wireless. I've been wireless for years. I wasn't pacing 10 years ago, but I was still wireless. Um <laughs> It was ugly, but I was still wireless. Um, we teach, you know, s- simple things like, oh, I have an opportunity to go down to the basement three times to do the laundry. So instead of asking the kids to do it, can you bring up the laundry, please? Just, oh, it's another opportunity to move. Walking on your stairs, interesting, without holding on to the banister is A, good for your balance, B, more exercise. Oh, did wow. you know that? I did not know that. So I'm an advocate for doing that up. I'm not such an advocate for doing that down because of this, you know, we don't want, we want... 
It's easier to fall down than it is to fall up. So I always hold down. I never hold up. It's also, interestingly, harder on your knees to go down the stairs than it is to go up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that is a thing. The one, one thing that one of my coworkers does, I, I actually work near a subway. He gets off the subway yes. uh, stop either later or early. I don't know which one he does. Whichever one's further. The stop, cause so I'm not, not, I'm not a so, subway person, but I, my next thing was park at the furthest part of the lot you can. So if you drive to work everywhere, further away, Correct. that might not be easy for those of us that work in like a New York City area where <laughs> you park wherever you can find a parking spot. Then take you, the stairs. Right. At least part of the way. You know, I've been in hotels where I'm on like the, I don't know, the 19th floor. So I'll get in the stairs and I'll walk some of them. Right. So, and it's really just about moving more. You have an opportunity, you know, throw the kid in the stroller, go out for a walk. Yes. Rather than popping them in front of whatever, go in this. And it's about increasing your activity during your daily activity so you don't even feel it. And it's not a time factor. But after you're closer to your healthy weight, then we really are big advocates of getting in those I believe it's 3.5 hours per week that's recommended. Um, whether you do that a half hour a day is all. Right. Um, and it doesn't and, have to be so like such high intensity exercise. It's just an additional thing to what you're normally doing. Correct. And I would imagine that at some point, let's say your thing is you add that you park a little further away. At some point, your body gets used to that. So maybe then you park even further away or you do something extra. You take the stairs more. Or you, you jog a little bit. You jog a little bit. So once your body gets used to your new activity, you would have to add more things to it. But here's what we find. We find that as overweight people lose weight and start working on their health, they naturally want to move more. It's just a natural thing because they're already seeing such visible changes in their body that they want to do more. And right. I have people where we're re- they're really not ready yet. They're still on very restricted calories, whatever it is, whatever plan they're on. And they're ready. Well, when can I work out? And I'm like, not yet. Well, but I'll say you can walk, you know, get on your treadmill, lift some weights. A cu- you know, right. we're not lifting hundreds of pounds, but we're talking about just do a couple of reps just to get your muscles moving. It's whenever I have people and, and I work with a lot of people that have tried to exercise the weight off and have not been able to tweak the kitchen and bam and then as they lose weight exercise is important for your um, weight maintenance as well as for your improving your health i mean we have to move okay whatever it takes you know my trainer rings my doorbell twice a week so (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise uh -uh. so the other the other area of non uh food areas of healthy lifestyle is sleep so i know that's something that people tend to forego if they don't have time. So people mention like, oh, I, I don't have time to exercise. People definitely don't have time to sleep. <laughs> so talk a little bit about sleep. So sleep. This is what I still work on, and I'm really very conscious of it. We need sleep to, to rest and repair our bodies. It's kind of like you just cannot keep going and going and going. So the optimal, I'm going to say the optimal, I'm going to just give you the range is six to eight hours a night for most people. Men, women, some people function, age, some people function on a little bit less. But six is really too little. But I come across people that are only sleeping five hours a night. And if there's a newborn in the house, holy heck, forget it. And you're not talking about somebody with like a medical condition that they can't sleep more. No, no. I'm just talking about standard healthy adults need to sleep. You will not lose weight. If you need to lose weight and you're trying, you may not if you're not sleeping because your body just doesn't. it's It's on run all the time. 
So we have, we have, I have a lot of tricks. I have to literally trick myself to go to sleep at night. I have a long, my whole evening is to make sure that I don't get too wound up so that I can actually go to sleep. I have an alarm that hits me at 10 and 10.30 to make sure that I'm winding down so that I don't lose track of time. Right. Um, and I track my sleep and that has been tremendous because I know that I'm going to be looking at it. I have it in my watch, but I know that I'm going to be looking at how many hours I got. So it it brought an awareness to how little my little sleep I was getting and how not quality it was. I'll tell you something interesting. When people start eating better and their nutrition is improved, they also might sleep better. Right. And when we're not eating all our food late into the night, and it, it also makes a very big difference. So where do you fit in exercise? So for the people that can't and really just can't seem to, five, ten minutes five, 10 minute walks throughout the course of a day. Well, that's not like real big cardio. It's still something. Right. And I've read also that there's not much of a difference in terms of a cardio workout between walking and running. Correct. It's distance you're covering. Right. So, <laughs> so you can time. run for 15 right. minutes or you can walk for 30. Right. So I guess running is better for if you need to get somewhere faster. But in terms of an exercise, it's not, it does get the heart rate up. You got to get bit, your but... heart rate going and you have to be comfortable. You have to be What's the best form of exercise? Everybody always asks me. What's the best form of exercise? Oh, for me, I, it's it's weightlifting. But you're going to tell me something else. I'm going to tell you the answer is whatever you're going to do consistently. Yeah. So for me, it has to be something that I'm going to do. So going to a gym is not something I'm going to do. Right. My days are is odd. That, there's <laughs> actually the, the same type of thing is what time of day is the best time to work out? And the answer is whenever you Whenever you're going to do it consistently. And yeah. that's like spot on so if you're going to walk every morning if you're going to go to the gym if you're going to pop in a 20 minute intensity video right um not video sorry stream it from youtube oh my gosh yes one of those video i haven't players. popped a video in in a long time just let's just say to remember to rewind before you return it to blockbuster um so i do want to ask you one more question which is about everyday tips and tricks that people can do just to get started on a healthier lifestyle? Because we were talking about a, a lot about a healthier lifestyle and how earlier you mentioned that it's a lot easier to go to a restaurant or go to a, an event or, or maybe have something that you wouldn't normally have if you have a healthier lifestyle. So what are some tips for the regular everyday person that they could start on their way to get to a healthier lifestyle? It could be things that affect everybody. It could be things that could affect um, the from community, which is who we're talking to here. But what are some of those tips? Number one. Get real. Because I didn't know where I was. I didn't know how much I weighed eight years ago. I didn't even make the connection that I was taking four medications related to that insane weight. I'm petite. And that was get real. Had I even, and understand I worked in a nursing home, I calculated BMIs all day long because we got paid more if we had a certain percentage of people that were obese in the whole mm. house. Oh my gosh. I calculated BMIs all day, all day long. Not once did I stick my own numbers in there. I, do, I do, wouldn't weigh myself because I just knew that it was not a number I wanted to see. So the first thing I tell, get real. Whether you're interested in working on your health or not interested or not ready or you don't have a plan yet, get real. Know where you are. Okay. Know where you are in your weight. Know where you, what your BMI is. And BMI, while it's not perfect, it's all we have. Um, and I was told that BMI is not perfect is all we have, but if you're not using BMI as your calculator, you're basically a professional athlete. Like, <laughs> professional or you're are... really, really short, 
or extremely, right. extremely like, tall. It, it, it works for the you're an average sized person. It and works. You're not a professional athlete or a bodybuilder <laughs> or something like that. Use BMI. Use BMI. It's not perfect, but it's the and best. It, but it's what we have. And you know, so number one, get real. Sometimes that's big. Number two, and this is back along the lines of you are who you hang out with. Um, most of us could not sustain our Judaism in the desert. Right. We're part of a community. Yeah. So just like we're part of our Jewish community, being part of our healthy community is equally important. And don't stone me for saying that, but it is equally important to keep our health in check. And, you know, I we talk about, do any of us ever want to be a burden to our kids? Obviously not. Obviously not. And yet by not taking our health, taking control of our health, we will become a burden to our kids. Fact. Right. Unless we don't not, make it to maybe, old age. Maybe not today, it's, maybe it's not, not tomorrow. Correct. But down the and I watch it. I've watched it in my own family. I'm watching family members deal with it right now. And, you know, so number one, oh my gosh, get real. Number two, find a community. Find partners. Whatever that means. Find a coach. Reach out if you need help. But, and but then... Find, find like-minded people. Find that, like-minded people. Especially people that won't, uh, not not deride you, but make fun of you for trying to do something new something better for yourself because there are people that do that oh you're not you're too good for us to come out to eat at, to at, 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 at so-and-so restaurant or or to come and have a barbecue at my house like that type of thing oh i'll come to the barbecue at your house i'm but just gonna make sure that i'm gonna bring the salad yeah and maybe i'll even bring the chicken but so so those are like the top the top and and then make a decision and we talk a lot about you know there's a lot if you're on social media there's this whole this whole culture of people that meal prep right so I don't know that in my heyday I would ever really want to spend all day Sunday meal prepping for the week, mm-hmm. but people do. Yes. And while and in my you know little kid days when I had little kids, I may not have done the meal prep, but I had food in the house and I knew what we were eating every night and I would take everything out of the freezer that needed to be defrosted for every night. So I guess in my own way I did meal prep. You didn't meal prep the way that the community the, meal preps, but right. you meal But I meal prep myself and I knew that every Monday we were doing something with well Monday was always leftovers and Tuesday was always this and Wednesday was always that and they they had pizza on Wednesdays or whatever in school and so and it's a matter of just that whole preparation and making a decision that what can I do? What is one here's your takeaway what is one thing that i can do to improve my health that i can do every single day even on my worst day like the world is crumbling around me but i know and you know i've been in some tough spots life for me is not standard um water like we didn't even touch on drinking water but but i start my day no matter where i am i could be in a hospital with a family member i could be I drink one of these babies in my house before I even come downstairs in the morning, before I've had coffee, and one of these babies is 24 ounces, or whatever's left for, that I didn't use the right. night before. But what is one thing that you can do to improve your health? And for some people, it's switching out some of their beverages for water. It could be taking some sugar out of their coffee and replacing it with um, stevia. I remember one thing that I did is I said no more car snacking. No more food in the car. I drive an hour and a half. No eating standing up. I had somebody else. I looked at her years and years ago. My kids are turning 30. My oldest is over 30. And I remember somebody that we both know. I'm like, oh my gosh, you lost weight. She goes, yeah. And this was her answer. I stopped eating off the high chair. Hmm. 
She just stopped eating the baby's leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking pizza crust. That's sometimes all it takes. Right? Yeah. So it's what is one thing, one tiny habit, because we're all about creating new habits. Right. That's what I teach. That's what I... And then once you get rid of that one habit, you can maybe move, move to on the, to, to the next one. But what is one thing that you can do every single day, even on your very worst day? Right. All right, so if people want to be able to reach out to you, and where, where, where can they find you? I feel like you're everywhere. I'm, a, I'm around. <laughs> <laughs> no, meaning like you have a lot of different ways around. people to reach out to you. So find me on Facebook, Miriam Khan. I'm in West Hempstead, miriamkhan at gmail.com, and on Instagram at miriamkhanhealth. All right, Miriam Khan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. My thanks to Miriam Khan for her time and insight into healthy habits and eating, and to you, listener, for joining us on what hopefully will be a long and fruitful journey into learning about and improving the lives of from Jews everywhere. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Kultov. The Jewish Living Podcast is produced by Sroli Pikus. Our theme song is The Band by A.B. Rottenberg from Journeys 4. You can email the show at jewishlivingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Jewish underscore living. The Jewish Living Podcast is recorded in conjunction with the Queen's Jewish Link.